Welcome to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This week, catch player news, the minor league report, and a week in review of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, now, your host, Chris Smith. What's good to have you aboard here for week 11 of Phillies Weekly? Thanks for joining me. I'm Chris Smith. September 9th through 16th. Uh, this is, of course, week 11 already. Where has the summer gone? Nobody knows. It has just kind of come and gone. And down to the last full month of Major League Baseball action. And the Phil's looking pretty good. Uh, this week was uh, was another great week. And uh, everyone brought the brooms out to Citizens Bank Park on Thursday. Looking for a sweep of those Bravos. Didn't quite happen. Uh, but we'll, we'll recap that and see what happened on the Thursday's game. And uh, Phil's got close. But, boy, they sure played well this, this week. And some great pitching performances against the Braves. And uh, that was probably, one of the, of course, one of the big keys uh, to the Phil's taking three of four out of the Braves. And uh, just a complete... 180, a complete turnaround from a week ago when we sat here. We you know, kind of told you that the, well, the Phils had lost three and got swept by the Astros and things weren't looking good when they turn around. They have a great weekend series uh, last weekend against the Marlins at home and then uh, the, the Braves come in and uh, we take care of business with them. Uh, speaking of taking care of business, uh, first of all, big thanks uh, Jason Brewer as always. Uh, Jason Brewer does a lot of our imaging here and our intros and outros on the show and stuff like that the cool things you hear uh when i'm done blabbing <laughs> you uh, jason does those for us and jason works at a radio station in new jersey called g-rock and uh, you can check out g-rock on your fm dial southern new jersey new jersey shore area so if you're ever in that area or you're from that area by all means check out that radio station uh 106.3 and 98.5 on your fm dial is g-rock uh so if again if you're in that area check it out it's modern rock a lot of cool stuff uh, a lot of a lot of cool bands and things like that. Jason works there. Uh, so check that station out if you're in the area. Also, if you're into podcasting or you're looking to get things up off the ground or whatever, Jason does a lot of uh, uh, production on the side. So send him an email. Let him know what you think about the uh, about his work here with Phillies Weekly. Uh, his email is jasonprod, Jason P-R-O-D, at gmail.com. Uh, so send him an email when you get a chance. Let him know that uh, he does good work and, and the host is a complete lunatic. No, don't do that. But you get the picture. Uh, check it out. G- give him an email if you get a chance. Uh, if, if, if you need some uh, intros done for your for your podcast, if that's what you're doing, by all means, he does great work. So check it out. Also, speaking of Gmail, uh, a new email address here for uh, for Phillies Weekly, and it's uh, philliesweekly at gmail.com. So uh, the old email address, which was the Verizon account, will still be available for some time, but we're switching everything over. Uh, 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 philliesweekly at gmail.com is our new uh, email address. So keep that in mind. I'll send an email reminder out to everyone who... Uh, who has sent uh, us an email over the past couple weeks, and uh, thank you for that. But uh, y- I will send an email out to you uh, and uh, remind you or tell you of the change. But uh, for anyone else who's interested in getting involved here, philliesweekly at gmail.com. So show is very fan-friendly. By all means, make sure you send us your emails and get your ideas to us. And this is just a, the beginning of a kind of a transformation that we're doing here in Beyond Media East Broadcasting. Of course, we do the Flyers Weekly here, and it's it's been a great thing with 
with uh, with getting this podcast up off the ground. But we're also starting uh, uh, Flyers Weekly, uh, and that's going to be starting here in, in just a few weeks. So we're going to get that up off the ground. So Phillies Weekly, Flyers Weekly, and Beyond Media East Broadcasting, we're all kind of going to kind of combine them into. A one big website for you here in the near future, and uh, the email address. Uh, we're kind of changing things over there to get things a little bit more centralized for everybody. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, going right into the, some some notes some notes here for the Phils uh, early on in the week, and uh, you know we, we talked about uh, Hurricane Katrina the last couple weeks and kind of some of the devastation. And uh, if you checked out the website, the website of course our website philliesweekly.blogspot.com. So we have a banner up there, and uh, you can click on that banner. That'll take you to the Red Cross page and you can you can donate funds online there if you'd like to or uh, you can give uh, give them a call it's, it's 1-800 help now uh, if, if, you, if you don't have a whole lot of money well I, of course you know they're always going to be looking for what can you do what can you do to uh, to donate your energy or your time and effort uh, that's that's the question can, can, what can you give them what can you give uh, those people down there that uh, were unfortunate to get caught in this thing uh, so you, you you see the uh, you see the banner there on our website but the Phillies have been very uh, proactive also in raising some money. And I wanted to kind of throw this out at you too. Um, just this past week over this past homestand, uh, of course, the Phillies taking donations at the gate. Well, they've raised $160,000 for the American Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund to, of course, aid the victims of Hurricane Katrina. And um, uh, that, 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 uh, a total of 160,000 was raised. Now the fans themselves, uh, just alone raised 86,000 of that. And then of course the other, uh, the other monies, I, I'm sure the, the Phillies organization had doubled that or had put in yeah, a, a, a large amount of money to go along with that. But good job to the Phillies fans. If you're out the ballpark uh, over this homestand, um, $86,000 uh, is, is what you have donated or what you have given at the gates there uh, to help the Red Cross out. So good job if you were at the game and uh, you know, got a chance to donate. Uh, I was at a couple Atlantic League games uh, over the past couple weeks here, uh, and uh, we were able to donate there. So they're, they're working hard in the Atlantic League as well, and that's good to see. Uh, so if, if if you've donated already, thank you. If not, uh, see what you can do. Like I said, check out the website. Um, I think it's just redcross.org. And, of course, 1-800-HELP-NOW uh, is the phone number to keep in mind there. Uh, the, the Phillies sitting in good shape right now as we speak. Of course, today is uh, September 16th, Friday, September 16th, 2005. Um, right now they're tied for second in the wild card with the Florida Marlins. Um half game behind Houston, both Florida and, and the Phils. Uh, the Nationals are two and a half back. Uh, the Brewers are five back. The Cubs are six back. The, the Mets have kind of lost it. Boy, have they had uh, September to forget. The Mets have only won uh, three games in September so far, and, and they've kind of just kind of put the nail in their coffin. They're kind of... Uh, Somewhere along the line, something happened. Of course, Beltron and uh, Cameron uh, were out. They had that collision. They were out for a while. Now Piazza was out. All those issues there, I'm sure, didn't help things. Uh, but the Mets have only won three games as of September 16th here in September. And, uh, of course, they're struggling right now. So that's how the wild card looks right now. Of course, with the Houston Astros on top, uh, Philly and Florida right there close behind with a half game back. So 
Keep an eye on those standings. Of course, the Phillies are able to gain some ground on the NL East this week, and it's going to be tough to see how much ground that um, the Phillies are really going to be able to gain on the Braves. And, of course, I think they're six games back as of today, and uh, maybe kind of difficult uh, to kind of overcome that. But uh, we still have a chance here. We're still right up there in the wild card, so obviously that's our big hope right now uh, is to get keep, keep that wild card race and keep things going, probably going right to the bitter end. I don't see any team, Florida, uh, Philly or Houston, and even the Nationals are there. I don't see any of those uh, four teams uh, backing off at all. And it's going to be a tight race, I think, right down to the wire. wire. It's going to make for some good uh, September uh, late regular season baseball action going on in the National League. So we're all kind of excited for that. Getting right into the week of the Phils, I'm going to take a quick ID break, and we'll go back to the Marlins series last weekend where the Phils took two out of three at Citizens Bank Park. They did a great job. And some of those frustrations uh, that you, you saw that uh, Phil's kind of experienced against Houston last week. Some of those frustrations were kind of taken out on the Marlins uh, in, the, in the form of offensive power and some big numbers uh, coming up in uh, last weekend's Marlins series. We'll also look at that Brave series, the great Brave series where the Phil's took three out of four from them. We'll take a look at that as well. Hang with me. I'll be right back here on Phillies Weekly. Baseball. This is Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, PA. Now your host, Chris Smith. Welcome back to Phillies Weekly, week number 11. Hey, I wanted to remind you, too, uh, G-Rock, we were talking about G-Rock earlier. You can check that out online as well. Um, You can stream that right to your computer now. Uh, through the great uh, technology world that we live in. So just go to grock.com and you can, if you don't live near New Jersey, you can just stream it to your computer at grock.com. It's great music. It's really cool stuff. So check it out this week if you get a chance. So, um, Good. Got that out of the way there for uh, for G-Rock in New Jersey. Uh, going back to that Marlins series, man, what a what a cool series that was last week. And, you know, everyone knows that the, the Marlins are kind of the Phil's nemesis, and they have been for quite some time. We're starting to see a, a kind of a change uh, in guards, if you will, there. And, and, and you, we're starting to see, you know, things kind of change around in the Phil's favor as far as the, the Marlins go. And you start to see the Phil's have a lot more success against this team. So last Friday, uh, Phillies start uh, – kind of start the tear and 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 the Phillies take the, the the game last Friday 12 to 5 was your final and Corey Lytle uh gets his his first start uh after coming back from the disabled list um he had that uh had that strained muscle uh he pitches okay he, he gets the job done that's kind of been the story of Corey Lytle here for quite some time he, he he's been pitching well enough to get the job done uh he, and, and the unfortunate thing though is it seems he's only giving the team about five quality innings and uh for someone like Corey Lytle who could go easily go seven or eight innings uh you know his his real his real contribution to the team is, is giving is giving the team more innings um so he's gonna have to figure out a way to give you know some more quality innings you know he's gonna have to figure out a way to go deeper in the games than just five innings because it really tears the bullpen up and uh that's what he did last friday even though the phillies did win big 12-5 uh lido only goes five innings he gives up eight hits uh three earned runs he walks with just one but he only strikes out three and a 4.77 era on the year for uh cory lido Phil's helped him out, though, with the bats, and the Phil's have really given him great run support. I read something somewhere where the Phil's have given Lytle something like 20 runs of, of support in his last couple starts, which is awesome. 
we know Lyle needs a little bit of help right now. Of course, he's just off the DL. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, something that uh, as, as we get deeper into September here, uh, Lyle's going to gonna have to improve on going longer into these games. Uh, and, of course, the Phil's bats get going on Friday. Um, they knock out A.J. Burnett in just the third inning. That's that's huge for the Phil's. Uh, third inning highlighted by a Pat Burrow RBI double and a Ryan Howard two-run home run. And Howard's just been on fire this week. He's done a great job. Pat Burrow would add a two-run homer in the sixth. And, um, again, it's just, you know, that, that's that's not a whole lot else to say, really. Um, just frustrations after that after that Houston series. And uh, they had the Thursday off there. Um, and then they go the Friday. The Marlins come in and uh, – they, uh, they they take care of business in a big way on Friday, and, and the Phils win 12-5. Now, Saturday, a little bit of a different story because it becomes a bullpen match. And uh, Saturday, the Phils don't fare as well. Uh, they lose the Saturday match 6-7. to seven. Um, And uh, Brett Myers, your starter there on Saturday, last Saturday, and uh, he could have pitched better. And, and Brett's been slumping as of late. We'll get into some of his numbers in a little bit. But uh, Brett just went four and one-thirds on Saturday. Gave up 11 hits, uh, four earned runs, just one walk, five strikeouts, 3.63 ERA on the year for Brett. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, Myers kind of a kind of a, a situation where you kind of saw some of the frustration coming out, and I'm starting to notice that, that Brett Myers has three types of outings. He has the, the frustrated outing where he gets runners on base and they score, etc., and then he gets frustrated. He has the outings where he can't, he doesn't get frustrated, but he his control is off. Uh, and although the, the the other the opposing team isn't scoring a lot of runs, he's not throwing the ball where it needs to go. So he's not completely getting frustrated, but he's not pitching very well either. And then, of course, the third type of start that Brad Myers has is the lights out start. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago when he when he when he went the distance. He won a full game, um, and, and the Phillies really needed him to do that uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you know, those are the three different faces of, of Brett Myers, and uh, hopefully, the, the the face of uh, Brett Myers getting into uh, getting longer into these games with lesser and runs that we're going to see a lot more. And hopefully, the the frustrated Brett Myers is gone. But like I said, again, last last Saturday, you saw the frustrated Brett Myers come out. Uh, the Phils leave eleven on base, six in scoring position. Phils lead a National League in on base percentage as a team, and uh, for uh, obviously that that's not going to stop because you know we're getting runners on base you know we're getting tons of runners on base every night it, it, it just amazes me because some of these games could be complete blowouts and you look at some of these numbers and what we talked about last week you know you go down the list and you look at some of these these numbers with runners left on base and you're in the double digits easily almost every game and the opposition you know is often sometimes limited to single digits with runners left on base, and that gives them, you know, it always gives you less opportunity to win, obviously. But the Phillies always in double digits it means there's always runners out there to be cashed in, and there's never a short supply of base runners. Uh, so, so it's a very positive thing. On the other end of that, and uh, kind of looking at the wild card battle here, well, the Houston Astros are last in on base percentage. Uh, so, and, and that kind of goes to show you that the Astros, once they get somebody on base, uh, they make it happen a lot more than the Phils do. And the Phils just get it done in the right spots. That's great. Uh, but in situations, especially one-run one games like we had last Saturday, uh, you hate to see that number left on base. Of course, uh, what was it? Something like six left in scoring position. In a one-run game, 
not not a good stat to see because it's always you, you left six guys on either second or third and you could have cashed them in easily uh, but uh, we'll go back to the second inning uh, on Saturday and then the Phillies had a lot of chances here Burl strikes out with the bases loaded in the second inning um, going to the sixth inning, another chance for the Phillies. Abreu hits a leadoff double. Um, Pat Burrell strikes out. Utley then flies out to uh, to Juan Pierre. Abreu tags second and and tries to go to third. Well, he's thrown out third, so it's a double play. Um, so that that chance is is kind of spoiled. Uh, going uh, going to the eighth inning, Rollins, Jimmy Rollins, walks with one out in the eighth, but he's picked off first. Uh, Michaels, Jason Michaels would eventually walk. Uh, Bobby Abreu was hit by a pitch then. Uh, and then Burl would, of course, ground out to end the inning. So Phil's got a lot of chances here. Um, even in the ninth inning, uh, Utley had a single to start the ninth. Uh, he moves second on a David Bell bunt. And then he moves a third on a Ryan Howard ground out. Uh, but Michael Tucker would ground out against Todd Jones to end the baseball game there. So uh, Ryan Madsen actually, I, I believe, took the loss. He got in trouble and gave up some runs in the seventh inning. He hit Carlos Delgado with a pitch. Um, and then, of course, consecutive single. I believe by uh, Jeff Conine, uh, Damian Easley, and Paul LaDuca. Uh, Paul LaDuca with the big shot in the seventh inning. Um, it was an RBI or RBI hit off the off the bench, I believe, that uh, scored three runs. And of course, uh, the uh, the Marlins take the lead seven to six, and they never looked back. Um, of course. That game there again, you know, we talked about the bullpen and how solid the Phillies bullpen has been over the over this season. And uh, of course, if you go to the well too many times, yeah, it, it's not going to give back. But we'll look into Ryan Madsen. The Madsen, Madsen has struggled a little bit uh, o- over the past couple games, and we'll look into some of his numbers and uh, see what's exactly what's going on with him. So going we'll move on to the Sunday game, and Sunday, September 11th, was uh, another blowout. Phillies 11, Marlins 1, and uh, John Lieber on the mound for the Phillies, and we know. We talked last week about September being John Lieber's month, and he pitched very well last September with when he was with the Yankees. Of course, Lieber last September, I believe he went 5-0, and and it was a real low ERA he had last September. So we know this is his month. So last Sunday, uh, Lieber gets the job done. He goes seven innings strong, four hits, just one earned run. One walk, two strikeouts, and a 4.42 ERA on the season for John Lieber. He gets the win. He he is 14 and 12 at that at that point and pitches great. Gives the Phils a lot of quality innings, seven seven quality innings, and uh, Phils get the bats going again. And, and what can you say? He's really uh, the Phils have really gotten the bats going when they need to. They've they've just kind of just scored a lot of runs and hey why not if you, if you can keep pouring into one why not especially against a team like the Marlins Pat Burrell big offensive outburst uh, three run home run in the third inning uh, 22 RBIs for Pat Burrell against the Marlins this year so Pat Burrell actually coming into his own as, as a Florida Marlin killer and uh, I was surprised to see that number there so good job to Pat definitely uh, an important uh, asset to have against the Marlins is Pat Burrell Jimmy Rollins was three for four last Sunday uh, he had a wall and two runs scored. Kenny Lofton two for four, and uh, going back to Pat Pat Burrell was two for four and a four RBI total. So uh, those those guys there are getting the work done, and we'll see Rollins and Lofton kind of, and Jimmy Rollins especially heating up with a, with a big uh, 
uh, hitting streak going on here. But we'll see later on in the week how the Rollins-Lofton combination really accounted to help the Phils out in this in, in this Atlanta series, and in, 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 in the four-game Atlanta series. And, and that we talked about Rollins and, and Lofton being the key to this team. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about Rollins, and the big question was, is he the leadoff hitter for the Phils? Well, I don't know if he heard a lot of the press, a lot of the media, because we said at the same time everybody else was, and Rollins must have, whether he picked up on that or not, it, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But as soon as people started talking about it, as soon as people started questioning, is Jimmy Rollins Philadelphia's leadoff hitter? As soon as that started happening, he, he shut him up real quick because he started to, well, he started out on the tear. He's got something like a 22-game, as of today, he's got like a 22-game hitting streak going. Uh, the longest... Uh, Philly's hitting streak is by the dude, Lenny Dykstra, back many years ago. Uh, we'll, I'll get those numbers exactly for you here. I think it was 93 Lenny Dykstra had a 23-game hitting streak. So Rollins is zeroing in on that, and, and he's just been excellent. He's been the leadoff hitter the Phillies have wanted him to be over the past week, and he's been stealing bases. He's been, he's had, he's been aggressive on the base pass. That's what you got to see from Jimmy Rollins. And of course, Jim, uh, uh, Kenny Lofton has been backing that up with some great play of his own, offensive play of, of his own. We'll see how those two players uh, really really assist in this uh, in this uh, Atlanta series. And the Atlanta series starts off with a uh, with with a Phils win. It was uh, going back to Monday night, and it was four to one. Phils take the first game of the series, and a Udi Brito. Uh, if there's any one savior that the Phils needed in this pitching staff, with Padilla being beat up, Corey Lytle missed a start. He was beat up. The rotation and, and Tejeda is is not going to return to the starting rotation. Um, he is going to be available in the bullpen, but uh, I believe Rich Doobie has decided that, that Robinson Tejeda is going to is going to be in the bullpen for the rest of the season. With all of the, the things that have gone through here late in the season, the little minor injuries to the to the Phil starting rotation, Udi Brito has just been a, been a savior, and he did a great job on Monday against a very difficult uh, Atlanta Braves team. Brito goes six innings strong, uh, gives up just three hits, no earned runs, uh, a walk, seven seven strikeouts, and a 1.72 ERA. Seven strikeouts is really the key. You know, if you saw the game on Monday, you'd know that Brito had a great slider going. It was uh, it was a great off-speed slider. Really had a lot of the, a lot of the Braves hitters fooled. And they, a lot of them were confused. You could see it in their face. So he did really did a great job. And uh, of course, the Braves have not seen Brito before. And with him being a left-hander, doesn't make things any easier. Uh, but uh, all the same, just giving you, you got to give props to Udi Brito. I mean, he pitched a great game, got his first major league hit, and actually he ended up uh, that was a key in the game too because he gets a hit. Everyone else, it turns the lineup over. Rollins is able to back him up and, and, and drives him in. Uh, but Brito just just pitches great, and of course his first major league win. He is now one and zero, um, and it w- a big one against Atlanta. We're going to see Udi Brito this Sunday. He's going to get a spot start this Sunday against the Marlins. Uh, so and you got to mention too about Brito. Uh, took took a no hitter through four and two thirds. Just great stuff, you know. Just, just great stuff. Again, great fastball. You know, you got up there uh, low low to mid nineties with that fastball. He comes back with a great slider, which is coming in there at seventy eight to eighty miles an hour. I think it may have been hitting like eighty, maybe eighty five, but really keeping the Braves batters off balance there. And of course, um, 
the Phil's offense kind of gets 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 charged up again and and, and uh, get get gets going against the uh, Atlanta Braves. I think John Thompson was the starter on Tuesday, but uh, we mentioned Udi Brito helped himself out uh, with a single and to open the third inning, um, and he would eventually score on a uh, on a Pat Burrell two-run single. Uh, Phil's get two more runs in the fifth on the Jimmy Rollins Kenny Lofton combination. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that should have been happening all year long. Uh, Jimmy Rollins singles the lead off the fifth inning, and then he steals second. We already have aggressive base running on Jimmy Rollins' part. Uh, he advances. Jimmy Rollins advances to third on a great lofted bunt, and I'm telling you, if you saw this bunt, you couldn't have done it any better. This is the type of small ball this team has to do to win these baseball games. A great bunt by by Kenny Lofton, and Jimmy Rollins is at second because he was aggressive and he stole second. He is now at third base, and they couldn't get Lofton at first. Very key play. Again, you know Lofton is... It, 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 it can bunt so well, and he's he's a great bunter, and he laid down a really great bunt there, and again got got Rollins the third, and Lofton uh, was safe at first. Um, up, Jace Utley then was hit by a pitch. The bases were loaded, uh, and then the Phils get some help from from Marcus Giles. Bobby Abreu grounds to Marcus Giles. Giles commits an error. He tries to go for the double play. Um, tries to underhand a second. We can't get the ball out of his glove. It goes flying. Um, and a couple runs score there. Um, and then uh, Ryan Howard would also ground out to score another run. All that stuff coming with, with no outs there. And the Phils manufacture a couple runs there thanks to Marcus Giles and just some aggressive play. Um, you know, and you got to say, with, with, with Lofton's bunt ability and Rollins' speed, these two need to work like this for the remainder of the year. Again, a lot of times we're going to see it's going to be small ball, which is going to win these baseball games. So um, Madsen, Urbina, and Wagner would then continue uh, to close the game out uh, for the Phils. And uh, the only Braves run came in, uh, came in. I think it was the... Um, the eighth inning off Urbina. I think Todd Hollinsworth had a solo home run. And uh, so it's a great job for the Phils and great job for Udi Brito. I think he's definitely got uh, got at least one more start in him. And uh, I think they're going to reevaluate uh, what, what he's going to do from there. But uh, boy, did he really pitch well. Great job for Udi Brito. And the rest of the Phils are getting the bats in, bats in order there. Move on to Tuesday's game and another really good game. One run game. Uh, Phils five, Braves four. Pull this one out. Gavin Floyd gets the start. Of course, we mentioned the Phil's rotation a little messed up right now with the injuries to Padilla. So Gavin Floyd gets a start for the Phil's on Tuesday. He, he pitches good enough to keep the Phil's in the baseball game. That's the key. We know Gavin Floyd has really struggled this year. You know, we see the struggles with Gavin Floyd from uh, way earlier this year when he was brought up and uh, he was going to fill in for Padilla and uh, he was vying for a starting spot and it just didn't work out for him. He just couldn't get things. He couldn't get his head straight. You know, we talk about uh, Gavin Floyd. You start thinking about, well, he's got a great, he's got great stuff, but he can't control his curveball. His curveball is sick, but he, he can't, he can't throw it for a strike. Those are the types of things you think about when you hear Gavin Floyd. You also think about, well, he went back down. He was demoted back down to triple A Scranton Wilkes-Barre this year and he's still Still didn't have a good year. He struggled mentally. So, so those are the things when you, when you hear Gavin Floyd, that's what you think about. You think about well, he's got great stuff. He can't control. It's maybe a mental game with him. Does it sound familiar? Sounds possibly like a Brett Myers to me. Sounds like uh, we we have that kind of happening all over again. And uh, Gavin Floyd uh, get gets the start on Tuesday against a very difficult Braves team. And again. 
I think this might be a, a turning point for Gavin Floyd. He comes up there against some heavy hitters, and he gets the job done. He gets, like I said, gets it done good enough to keep the fills in the game. Gavin goes five innings, gives up five hits, four earned runs, okay, three walks, and six strikeouts. And again, those six strikeouts are the key because, remember, Brito had seven the night before, and now Gavin Floyd comes back. He's going to give up some runs, but he's got six strikeouts to show for it. Um, so it, it, it's a good start. It's a good start of something, maybe a rebound of something uh, for Gavin Floyd. Um, he did control his curveball much better in this outing, and a uh, great sinking fastball going as well. Again, Gavin Floyd, when, when you hear the name, you think great stuff, but for some reason he just can't put it together. Well, he really helped the club out, and he gave the club uh, five pretty good innings, not bad innings. Again, he kept the he kept he kept the team in in the in the baseball game. Uh, again, Jimmy Rollins and Kenny Lofton. We'll talk about this combination once more. A key two-out run in the fifth inning. Rollins doubles uh, with two outs. Lofton singles, Rollins home. Utley would then double in Kenny Lofton. So you have some two-out uh, RBI hits going on there. Again, it, 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 it's a prime example of what this team needs to do as 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 these games come down to the stretch. And even well, we we look a, we look a lot on the on, on the left on base and uh, we, we you know, those stats and we we throw those numbers out at you every week. And uh, even the runners in scoring position with two outs, we throw those numbers out at you a lot. But when it comes down to it, and you see this type of play here um, with key key RBIs and with two outs. That is what it's all about. You know, when you get an opportunity, and of course, uh, Rollins gets the double, Lofton single, uh, an Utley double, and you got two runs right there with two outs. So it's clutch hitting, uh, you know, the top of the lineup when you, when you, when you have the opportunity with runners in, in, in scoring position, this is what the team has to do. Uh, so great job there. Actually, uh, Lieberthal also had the, had the game-winning winning run in the sixth. It was an RBI single scoring Ryan Howard, who had just doubled. Uh, and then Lieberthal was – that was also another two-out uh, hit there. So Mike Lieberthal coming through. And we talked about Mike Lieberthal turning things around the past couple weeks, switching to lighter bats so he can get around when the uh, when the pitch is a little bit better and it's really improved you can really see a difference in Mike Lieberthal and his swing he's, he's seeing he seems to be seeing the ball a lot better he's getting around on the ball a lot better he's hitting it where the he need, he's hitting these pitches where they need to go and that's in the gaps that's for hits he's even hit a hit a couple home runs it's great to see Mike Lieberthal being able to figure something out here down the stretch and really being being able to contribute to the team so Mike Lieberthal with the winning RBI there on Tuesday, and Aaron Fultz, who has just been great this year, gets the win. Uh, bullpen with another great job. Of course, it was uh, Aaron Fultz, uh, I believe, pitched the sixth. Uh, Ryan Madsen would pitch the seventh, Urbina the eighth, and Wagner the ninth for the save. So another great job by the Phillies bullpen. And again, these guys are used a lot. They've shown their uh, they, they, they've really shown their armor over the course of this year and shown they, that, that the three of them, uh, Madsen, Urbina, and Wagner, can get the job done. Um, and again, you know, any I would say from here on out, any sort of big bullpen blunders uh, might be because of overuse. And uh, again, these guys have been used a lot this year, and that's why it's so important for the starting pitchers to, to give more quality innings. Uh, so great job there again for the Phils bullpen. And Aaron Fultz, just the unsung hero of this club. Uh, he's done a great job in middle relief this year, and uh, I think he's something like four and zero, and he's got a one point something ERA. I don't have the exact numbers on him right now, but Aaron Fultz has done a super job uh, this year in middle relief. Uh, so the Phils win. 
win Tuesday's game and final there 5-4. to four. Moving on to Wednesday's game, uh, Phil's in a blowout, and the Phil's get the bats going again. Final score, Phil's 12, Braves 4 Wednesday night. And Corey Lytle, again, came in, did a good enough job, got through... Uh, got, Got got through uh, enough innings to get enough run support that he was able to to, to really uh, to really kind of make a difference here. But the big blow for the Phils came in the third inning with uh, Ramon Martinez in uh, a grand slam, his first home run in a Phillies uniform, and uh, a lot of people questioned. Before the game, uh, Ramon Martinez starting in place of Ryan Howard because the Phillies were, of course, facing a left-hander and Horatio Ramirez uh, from the Braves. And a lot of people were wondering, well, well, Howard's red hot even though he's facing a lefty. How could you be putting Martinez in there when somebody is this hot? Well, you know what? It, it's complete team play at this point for the Phils, and uh, it doesn't matter if it's a Ryan Howard, it doesn't matter if it's uh, Ramon Martinez, everyone seems to get the job done. So a big grand slam for Ramon Martinez in the third inning, that made it 7 to nothing in the third inning, and again, when we talk Corey Lytle, that was enough run support for him to get through, and uh, Corey Lytle actually, I believe, did get the win, he improves to 11-10, and 10. Um, so... Lionel, again, kept the Braves at bay, and the Phillies scored a lot of runs um, in, in this game and highlighted, of course, uh, by a Ramon Martinez grand slam. And again, you know, people people kind of uh, – we even questioned Charlie or Charlie Manuel's moves before in the past, and uh, this was another one that you kind of questioned before the game. But uh, when it's all said and done with and, and you're in these tight games, you want to give the team – as best of a chance as, as you can. And obviously starting Ryan Howard, even though he's red hot, starting Ryan Howard against the lefty was probably not the best idea. It was a good idea to bring in Ramon Martinez, uh, have a righty up there against the lefty. And, uh, you know, maybe in a couple years, Ryan Howard obviously stays starts in a game like this. But Ryan Howard is young. He still has yet to see a lot of left-handed pitching. And uh, I think once he does, he'll be fine. But you saw Chase Utley earlier on in the year and the platooning that went on with him and Pauly Polanco. And Chase Utley has quickly overcome um, any doubts that he couldn't hit left-handed pitching. So, And I think the same thing will happen with Ryan Howard. Just give him some time. He'll, he'll come around. Don't worry. But again, uh, the Phils win big on Wednesday. 12 to 4 was your final. Um, a, a couple other uh, great contributors in that game. Jimmy Rollins, his name just keeps popping up everywhere you go. Rollins was 3 for 5 on Wednesday uh, with an RBI and two runs. Jason Michaels really contributed that that 1 2 hole uh, for, the, for the Phils, really getting the job done. And tonight was Rollins and Michaels on Wednesday. And Michaels was 2 for 5 and three RBIs for J Mike. Uh, Mike Lieberthal continues to really swing, the, swing a hot bat. He was 2 for three and two RBIs. So everyone, again, everyone doing a great job uh, at the plate, and uh, it, 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 it's a full team effort. If one guy one night doesn't get the job done, then somebody else, somebody else comes off the bench and does it, or you know, there's somebody else in the lineup that picks up for somebody else. So it, it, it's a full team effort here, and you can watch with the Braves. Even you can see that wasn't really even happening with the Braves. You saw a lot of their offense. Well, we'll see a lot of their offense had, had, had come from Chipper Jones on Thursday, and of course uh, Andrew. Jones. <laughs> Andrew Jones helped out on Wednesday with, with, with a home run, and that was uh, his 50th home run. Uh, he hit in the eighth inning off Jeff Geary, and it was a bomb into the upper deck uh, in left field at Citizens Bank Park. I believe it was above the restaurant. Uh, he really got a hold of one big time. Uh, so 
Andrew Jones' 50th home run on Wednesday at Citizens Bank Park. Definitely a milestone for him. Uh, dynamic duo, Pat Burrow and Bobby Abreu have combined for 202 RBIs this season. It's second among NL teammates. And uh, that's all also good to hear. And I think there were some... So some some Braves in there that uh, that were mentioned and, and some other players, but uh, you know Abreu and Burl getting the job done. And we talk about the one-two punch of Lofton and Rollins, and then well you have Abreu and Burl uh, combining for 202 RBIs. And uh, well, you know Pat Burl had a lot of good uh, a lot of good nights this week, and and Bobby Abreu has been silently going about his business, nothing spectacular, and getting the job done for the team. Uh, so so. Some good numbers there for the Phils. The only game the Phils would drop in this series would be the Thursday night game, and like I said, everyone came out to uh, came out to the park with brooms in hand, looking for the uh, looking for a sweep of the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, since I believe the '90s. Uh, wasn't going to happen. That's okay. Uh, final score Thursday night was of course Phils four and the Braves six. Uh, Chipper Jones basically single-handedly beat the Phils with two home runs and five RBIs, and it was Brett Myers who got the start. For the uh, for the Phils on Thursday, and it was one of Brett Myers' uh, I would say lack of control starts uh, because My- Myers re- he really struggled with a lot of his pitches, and it seemed like he w- it wasn't an issue of him not getting them over the plate. It was an issue of him not throwing strikes. It was an issue of him throwing strikes when there should not have been a strike thrown. And uh, if you saw the game, you know what I mean because a lot of the maybe maybe he floated the change up here or there, or maybe a curve ball wasn't where it should have went, or obviously some of the fastballs weren't where they should have went. Uh, but but Brett uh, Brett hangs in there, though. Uh, he goes uh, six innings. He gives up five hits, four earned runs, three walks, seven strikeouts, and uh, two home runs. A 3.71 ERA on the year for Brett Myers. He does take the loss in that game, I believe. He does, yes. And uh, the last three outings for Brett Myers, again, he struggled a little bit, and uh, here are some numbers for you to chew on. Uh, in his last three outings, Myers is 0-2. Uh, with a 5.78 ERA, 21 hits in that span, and 17 uh, 17 innings pitched. Uh, so this is definitely not the same Brett Myers that we're, we, we saw over the early summer and into the midsummer, where he was so dominant and he did such a great job. A little bit different here down the stretch, and it could be Brett Myers, you know, be getting tired a little bit, possibly. Uh, but uh, you know, Brett's one of those pitchers where he's got to help really lead the staff, and uh, no matter what it takes, he's got to make sure his head is in each and every one of these games, and he's got to make sure that he gives the team some quality innings, and, and he needs to make sure he gives a good outing. He is quickly becoming the ace of this staff, and uh, I think in a couple more years, he's going to be a star. Uh, but uh, right now is is right now, and he's got to concentrate on what's going on around him uh, and make sure that each start, he gets uh, some quality pitches. Uh, but again, he struggled with control on Thursday. Um, and uh, the Phils struggled at, at the plate a little bit, too. And uh, the Phils had a runner reach base in each of the first five innings, thanks in part to some kind of sloppy Atlanta defense. But nonetheless, the Phils couldn't score. Um, and Jorge Sosa was a starter for Atlanta, and uh, he was in trouble. Sosa was in trouble, like we said, the first couple innings. And... Uh, it wasn't until the fifth inning when Bobby Abreu hit a two-run home run that the Phillies finally got uh, finally got some 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 runners on the board. And again, you're going to see this. You get you get a lot of guys on base like like the Phillies and. Uh 
sometimes you're going to score them, sometimes you're not. But uh, hey, you know, at least we can always say, uh, you, you know, th there's no shortage of shortage of runners out there. We can always get them on base. We just got to figure out a way to score them. And uh, again, the, the Braves gave them an opportunity to score earlier in the game, couldn't do it. And if the Phils could have scored earlier when they had more chances, this would have been a different baseball game. Uh, but again, we said Abreu did get did get some offense started in the fifth inning with a two-run uh, home run. Um, and of course, just just a lot of chances that the Phils lost to get to Jorge Sosa. Um, bases overloaded in the first inning, for example. Um, there was a shot, and or there was a situation in the third inning. So just a lot of missed chances for the Phils. Um, Ryan Howard also got on the board for the Phils. He had a solo home run in the ninth off Kyle Farnsworth. Um, Brett Myers, we talked about him. The one of the uh, one of the uh, home runs by Chipper Jones. Jones had. Two, uh, Chipper did. Uh, one of the home runs came off Myers. Adam LaRoche had the other home run. And then uh, the real blow in this game uh, came in uh, the, uh, I think, in the eighth inning when, um, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Ch Chipper hit the, uh, Chipper hit the, uh, the, the second home run in the seventh inning off Ryan Madsen, uh, which was a two-run shot. Uh, and uh, we talk about Ryan Madsen and uh, some some uh, how how he's kind of been up and down this year and how he's kind of the, the relied on some other pitches and things like that. Madsen's last ten outings, uh, he has one loss. He is has a 5.29 ERA, six earned runs in that span, uh, in just ten innings pitched, uh, twelve hits and four walks. Thing with Madsen is, yeah, you're going to walk a couple people, uh, but he's putting way too many runners on base late in the game, and uh, especially in, in, you know the the opposition is going to know when they get runners on base what needs to be done, and if if Ryan Howard is going to give not necessarily free passes, but he's given up a lot of hits. He's put runners on base. He's going to struggle a little bit. And late in the game, when it becomes crunch time and everyone seems to see the ball or try to hit the ball up a little bit better, he's going to be the one who's going to have to really kind of help and, and shine through. Of course, he gives up the big blow on Thursday, a two-run home run to Chipper Jones. Didn't really help the Phil's cause at all. And, and you, you say, well, maybe if Ryan Madsen didn't give up that home run, things would have been different. Well, yeah, things would have been different because it would have ended up a tie ball game. We would have had, had extra innings. Uh, so Ryan Madsen uh, kind of struggling as of late. And, you know, I heard some comments earlier this week. Charlie Manuel is not going to is not gonna lose confidence in Ryan Madsen, not one single bit. You know, you just keep putting him out there. Keep put, sending the guy out there. I think, uh, and again, he, he might be someone who's getting a little bit tired. Uh, but, uh, you know, more, Charlie's going to keep putting him out there, and uh, he's going to have to figure out a way to keep performing. And uh, Madsen's done well. And again, he, he's relied a lot on, on his fastball this year, I've noticed, and also his curveball. His curveball has been a kind of... Uh, erratic, kind of all over the place, uh, and he still is not relying enough on his changeup. Now, last couple games I saw Madsen uh, prior to the Thursday, the Thursday matchup that that he lost, I saw Ryan Madsen depend on his changeup a lot more. Uh, and again, that's his out pitch. It's such a good changeup, uh, but uh, again, it seems like his, his his the velocity on his fastball is up this year, uh, and he wants to throw that a lot a lot harder. Uh, his curveball has a lot more movement, but he struggled with control on that curveball. So he needs to stick, I think, to, uh, to that changeup a lot more. That's his out pitch and uh, work on that curveball. And that fastball, again, it's good. It's got the velocity up this year. But, uh, again, you know, relying on too many pitches too many times. And as much as Madsen's worked this year, a lot of batters have seen him, so they know what to expect. 
They know what to get out of Ryan Madsen. He's got to show them that, uh, you know, he's got a great changeup and uh, he can he can strike people out with it. Uh, just a couple other quick numbers on this homestand, and we'll highlight Jimmy Rollins here because he's on such a tear. Uh, on the homestand, Jimmy hit 465. Great, awesome. 20 for 43, 11 runs, uh, uh, one triple, uh, look at eight doubles, four RBIs, uh, four walks, a sacrifice, and seven stolen bases in the last ten games. And I'm telling you what, right now, folks, this is the kind of play that we need. It's good to see Jimmy Rollins kind of coming around. This aggressive uh, on-base play and the aggressive base running is what the Phils need to do uh, as we go down the stretch here. They need to make things happen on the base paths. You know, again, you look at the you you look at the on-base percentage of this team. The team can get on base, and now Jimmy Rollins has come around, and he's starting to get on base a lot more, so we know that we're going to have runners on base. It's got to come down to aggressive base running to the guys who can do it, and you're looking at fast base runners like uh, like Jimmy Rollins, like Kenny Loft, and like Bobby Abreu. So those are some good numbers to see from Jimmy Rollins. He's really starting to come around. Of course, the... Uh, 21 straight. He's hit safely in 21 straight games. And the record, the Phil's record, is 23 straight games set by the dude in 1990. So uh, Jimmy Rollins quickly coming up uh, on that uh, on that milestone, on that franchise milestone. Ryan Howard, another guy we talk a lot about because he's swinging a hot bat. He's 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 crazy hot on the homestand. Howard hit 327, eight runs, two doubles, five home runs, and nine RBIs. This kid is just really starting to stroke the ball out of the park. And now we're starting to see home runs to the opposite field, which is a very good sign. It's an awesome sign. It's a lot of power Ryan, Ryan Howard packs with his with his swings, and uh, he is going to be, again, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next year when Tommy comes back, when Jim Tommy comes back, and I think you're going to kind of see, J Tommy might have to possibly re-earn his job at this point. I don't know if it's that safe anymore. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year because Ryan Howard is doing so well. Um, Nine home runs his last 20 games. How about that for numbers? Uh, and for a rookie, you can't ask for a whole lot more. He does lead all National League rookies with 18 home runs and a five, uh, 545 slugging percentage. Uh, he's tied with the most home runs by any Philly rookie with 18 right now. And Pat Burrell... Uh, held that held that mark since 2000 with 18 home runs in his rookie year. Well, here's Ryan Howard. He's going to surpass that. He's going to have the most home runs for a rookie in, in the Phillies history. So props to Ryan Howard, possibly a strong rookie of the year candidate. We'll see how Yeah, it's going to be tough to fight out guys like Willie Tavares and, 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 and guys like that. But uh, Ryan Howard definitely putting his bid in strong, and he has really helped out the team uh, over the past couple weeks. Kenny Lofton, uh, you know, we talk about him a lot uh, over the past couple weeks. And uh, on the homestand, Lofton hit 458, eight runs, a double, uh, two triples, five RBIs, two walks, and one sacrifice in eight games and six starts. And uh, the Rollins-Lofton, again, one-two punch was evident during the Braves series and its aggressive offense that is needed by these two players. And that's that's how it comes down to. And, uh, again, the, the, when, when Lofton is in there, it's got to be the Rollins loft the one-two punch. These guys got to pull things out their sleeve to make things happen, advance each other around the base pass, and we'll be in good shape. It's a lot of fun watching.
watching it happen right now. It's got to continue. Phillies have hit 312 collectively during the homestand with 11 home runs and 60 runs. So they've really put it to the Braves. Uh, they really put it to the Marlins. It's good stuff to see. They're scoring a lot of runs. And thank God we got that Houston Astros series out of everyone's heads. It's gone. You move on. We won't see Houston again this season. It's done. It's over with. we got to concentrate on the NL East from here on out and overcoming them. I'm going to take a quick ID break. We'll have a quick week in preview. It's more of the same next week. Same teams, Atlanta and Florida. We'll take a look at that real quick for the final segment here on Phillies Weekly. I'll be right back. You're listening to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcasts on WBME Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now your host, Chris Smith. Well, it sure is good to have you here for Phillies Weekly, week number 11. I'm Chris Smith, of course, and Phillies Weekly at gmail.com is our new email address. Phillies Weekly at gmail.com. So make sure you send us your emails Get some suggestions into the show. Like I said, it's always fan-friendly. philliesweekly.blogspot.com is our homepage. And uh, don't forget, um, all throughout September here, uh, we're going to be looking in deep into these games. And uh, we'll be working hard to uh, bring you the uh, starting pitching matchups and things like that on the website. Uh, so keep an eye on philliesweekly.blogspot.com because there's always some information up there midweek. Uh, and things like that where you can check out. There's also some podcast archives up there for you. So if you missed a week or something or you just want to go back and take a listen to something, you can go back and uh, download a, a, you know, a past episode. I'm going to update that this week. Uh, there's also all sorts of links on there. Of course, a link there to, to, to 1-800-HELP-NOW or to the Red Cross, I should say. You can see how you could help out. There's a link there for that and so many other things on there. So check it out, philliesweekly.blogspot.com. Uh, we'll check that out. We'll, uh, we'll keep that updated this week. And speaking of this week, Phil's have more of the same. Uh, they just get done with the Braves, but they go back to the Marlins. And they're down in Florida right now. And it's, uh, like I said, Friday, uh, September 16th. And I believe they've just beaten the Marlins. They got the bats going again. It was a, a big score down there in Florida. We'll take a look at that game next week. Uh, but, of course, the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th, the Phils are down there. They'll face the Marlins. And it does look that uh, the Phils will have Dontrell Willis tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, September 17th, uh, Saturday, September 17th. They'll have Josh Beckett on Sunday, September 18th. So there are some pitchers for you. Um, the Phillies are going to have to figure out a way to get to the D train and kind of derail that. And, of course, Josh Beckett has, has is on a two-game winning streak. He's pitching very well as of late. Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to, to get to Josh Beckett. And who knows, maybe, uh, maybe we'll get lucky and Beckett will have a... Uh, have a blister on his finger or something. Who knows? Uh, so Beckett and, and Willis will pitch on Saturday and Sunday, and uh, that's going to be key for the Phils. Um, of course, players look out for for the Marlins. Well, it's always Miguel Cabrera. It's uh, Carlos Delgado, who is swinging a white-hot bat. And, of course, Jeff Conine, which is the uh, the local Philly killer down there in Miami. Um, also, I wanted to pass this along. Damian Easley was injured uh, in, in tonight's game and Friday's game. Uh, it, it appears that it was a serious injury. He had to be carted off. I don't know if he tore an ACL, but he was out getting a cutoff throw, and he just fell down in pain. So it feels... 
said it appears that he may be out for the season. Uh, like I said, he could not walk off the field of his own power. He had to be carted off. And again, Damian Easley, who also had hit well against the Phils this year, it looks like he might be out for the remainder of the year. Keep an eye on that. Well, the Phils finish up the or the Marlins series this weekend. They have Monday off, and then they go down to Turner Field to face the Braves again on their home turf, uh, and that'll be September 20th through 22nd. And of course, more of the same. Uh, I'm sure the same, uh, similar rotation, pitching rotation that we saw last week, this past week. Uh, may get a chance to see John Smoltz. John Smoltz just pitched tonight um, against Pedro Martinez. Um, so you're looking next week at uh, the 20th, the 21st, and 22nd. Maybe they'll have Smoltz start next Thursday, the 22nd. We'll keep an eye on the rotation and see what we get. I'm sure Tim Hudson will be in there. Uh, Mike Hampton is done for the year, so we won't be seeing that lefty anymore. Um, we saw John Thompson, who seems to be struggling as of late. We saw him in uh, in a game in uh, in a game at Citizens Bank Park, and um, well, well, we'll see how the rotation stacks up. It looks like right now, maybe the maybe the Braves' rotation is struggling a bit, um, and uh, you know they've had such strong pitching over the years, and. Uh, you know, we talk about the Braves a lot, and we talk about their rookies and their rookie sensations. They, they, they continue to hit the ball well. They continue to do a great job for them. Uh, but uh, the pitching staff seems to be a little beat up physically. And uh, so we'll keep an eye there and see what pitchers we get uh, for the Atlanta series. It will definitely play a key role as to as to who we face. Phils have the Reds then uh, the uh, on September 23rd through the 25th, and of course they are in Cincinnati for that series. And the Reds, I believe, have one of the highest run producing outfits in the whole NL, which is surprising. But they don't have good pitching, so. That'll be an interesting series because we know the Reds can score runs. Uh, we know the Phillies can too. So who's going to win out there? Is it going to be pitching, pitching duels or is it, is it going to be offensive outbursts? We'll see that uh, Cincinnati Reds series coming up uh, the 23rd through the 25th. Of course, Phillies then return home for the, their final homestand of the year of the regular season. September 26th through the 28th against the struggling Mets. And then they finish out, the Phils finish out the regular season at RFK September 30th and then October 1st and 2nd also against the Nationals. So key series coming up. Of course, we knew this the entire month of September was going to be key. It was going to be big. And uh, all those things we talk about uh, just to round it up this week, you know, you talk about good quality pitching. We talk about guys like Corey Lytle and Brett Myers going deeper into games. Uh, we also talk about the Kenny the Kenny Loft and the Jimmy Rollins one-two punch, which has worked so well uh, this week and has been has really produced well for the Phils. We talk about that, uh, and of course the, 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 the defense. I can't forget about the defense, and the defense has kind of been up and down. They were best in the NL and uh, and, and fielding percentage, but the, the Phillies defense has has kind of given up some errors lately. Keep the defense in check and don't give up any stupid runs. Uh, and, of course, the bats of Pat Burrow and Bobby Abreu, their combination uh, has also done a lot of damage. And, uh, 
all the way down to David Bell and Mike Lieberthal just hitting better. This is a complete team effort here, folks, and it's it's great to see the entire team pitching in. Again, it's not one person, it's not one star. Uh, it's the entire team. It's each and every one of those guys out in the field at one time uh, is getting the job done for the fills. Of course, we got guys off the bench like Ramon Martinez, uh, you know, being able to fill in and get the job done. Uh, so this is a very positive time right now. It's good to see all these tools coming out and working well for the fills. And uh, those are the highlights. Those are the things I think need to continue uh, for the Phils to keep winning these games. Full team play and a full team effort uh, will get the Phils to the postseason. So it'll be another great week of baseball. We'll be back here next Friday for another edition of Phillies Weekly. I want to thank you for joining me. Of course, philliesweekly at gmail.com is our new email address. Make sure you check that out. And if you get a chance uh, this week, make sure you check out Flyers Weekly and it's philadelphiaflyersweekly.blogspot.com is the homepage and uh, flyersweekly at gmail is the email address. The new Flyers podcast is going to be up and it's going to be running this month in September and I'm hoping we get it up probably by the next week or two. But check out the website uh, send us your emails, any suggestions you have for the Flyers show uh, if you're into hockey by all means uh, send us suggestions, get some ideas uh, our way and uh, we're going to make the show a little bit different and uh, it's going to be a fun time covering NHL hockey this year and the Flyers are back so check that out this week thanks again for joining me have a great one we'll see you next week here on Phillies Weekly you've been listening to Phillies Weekly on WBME Broadcasting Lancaster PA join us next week as your host Chris Smith recaps the weekly highlights player news and minor league scouting reports for the Philadelphia Phillies Major League Baseball Club be sure to join us online at philliesweekly.blogspot.com and make sure to send us your emails to philliesweekly at verizon.net